One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 138. Oh my goodness, do I have exciting news. This is a big first for Making Good, and it is one that I am so thrilled to share with you. Today, we have a panel discussion with some incredible small business owners who are here to share their hard-earned experience, advice, and wisdom with you. Today's episode has four of my favorite small business owners to come join me for a conversation about how they're planning for Q4 in order to not only thrive in their businesses, but in their personal lives as well. This episode is the first half of a two-episode series. The second episode will be coming out on Thursday of this week, and that episode is specifically about marketing for Q4. So the business owners on today's panel, which again is about balancing life, logistics, and business, in Q4 are Irene Rex from Rex Made This. Rex Made This makes happy, colorful, illustrated goods to liven up your everyday routines. If you want to connect with her and check out her work as you're listening to this episode, head to Rex Made This on Instagram. We also have Danny Sticka from Imperfectly Tidy. Danny is a professional home organizer who believes that less is probably the answer. To connect with her and check out her business while you're listening, head to Imperfectly Tidy on Instagram. We have Linda Takano from Lulu Mier. Lulu Mier makes Northwest inspired botanical candles and shower steamers and also has a retail shop in Seattle. To connect with her and check out Lulu Mier while you're listening, you can head to Lulu Mier Candles on Instagram. That's L-U-L-U-M-I-E-R-E Candles. And finally, we have Allie Fitzgerald from Wild Clementine. Wild Clementine makes bright and practical home goods, including reusable dish covers, heating pads, and pet goods. To connect with her and check out her business while you're listening, head to Wild Clementine Co. on Instagram. So in this first ever panel discussion on making good, we covered a lot of ground, including how to schedule your holiday workload around your personal life and how to maintain your personal relationships in a busy season, how to balance a busy work season with a day job, the role of boundaries and priorities in creating a Q4 that works for you, mistakes we've all made in planning for Q4, what all of these folks are doing now to prepare for an influx of business late in the year, and more. There is so much gold in this episode. I hope you are taking notes. I know that I am. Let's get into this panel discussion with Irene, Danny, Linda, and Allie. Well, Irene, Danny, Linda, and Allie, thank you so much for coming on to Making Good. I am so thrilled to have you. This is the most people who have ever been on the show before at once. So I am 
Thank you for being here in this new adventure on paneling podcasting. Before we dig into all of the questions that I have and all of the ways I want to pick your lovely brains, I would like for each of you to introduce yourself to the audience. Let's hear from each of you who you are, a little bit about your business, and then just a general overview of what the holidays mean for your business. Is it extra busy? Is it just kind of business as normal? Yeah. What does Q4 look like in your business? Hi, I'm Irene Rex. I'm the artist and designer behind Rex Made This, which is my home goods and lifestyle brand where I sell happy, colorful things that you'd use every day. And part of my business is also I do art shows with the original artwork that I use to design my products. And I also take on mural clients because I will design and paint murals for people. <laughs> and all of my artwork is done in watercolor or acrylic or a hand draw it. It's all analog. And then I produce uh, products from that. They're all inspired by happy memories that are either related to my heritage as a Taiwanese American gal <laughs> who's lived just like all over the country, or most of the time it's related to memories that I create with my family being outdoors here in the Pacific Northwest because this is by far my favorite place that I've ever lived. I've been here in the Seattle area for about 15 years now. And what Q4 looks like for my business is it's the busiest time of the year <laughs> by far. And not just because I have several wholesale clients, wholesale sockets now, but also because it's the time of the year where some products that just do kind of okay throughout the year, just I explode in sales for those, like art prints in particular, or people really want washi tape, <laughs> or uh, tea towels are a bestseller for me throughout the year. It's kind of what I'm known for now, those in my fold up tote bag. And those I just sell out of pretty fast when I do pop ups. So this year I am producing way more to try and keep up with demand. Amazing. I'm sure we'll dig into that too. Danny. I'm Danny Sticka and I'm a professional organizer. Uh, the name of my business is called Imperfectly Tidy. And um, the holidays sort of slow down a little bit for me. Um, people have a lot of guests in their home. And so I do a lot of in-person classes during that time. It's sort of a nice excuse for people to get out with a friend and come to one of my in-person classes. And sometimes we talk about a specific decluttering project. Um, around the holidays, we talk a lot about the holiday decluttering and how we can keep the holidays simple. And we also do, um, I do something called a clutter clinic, which is a bigger, more like a 90 minute interactive workshop where we can dig into like the whole house and people can bring questions and they can do a lot of like the DIY projects that they could tackle in a weekend. So I do a lot of those things during the holiday time. Um, because come January and February, <laughs> I can barely keep my head on straight. So I really try to make use of that time and do some classes. Hi, I'm Linda uh, with Lulu Mir. Um, I make handmade candles and shower steamers um, in the Seattle area. I just opened up a brick and mortar um, less than a year ago. So that's also part of my business. Q4 is really not just because of the holidays, but because candles this is like the Super Bowl for us. So 
Um, <laughs> I am going with the flow. Summer is really quiet and I embrace that for what it is. And Q4 is just nuts. And I know that going in. And so we strap in and go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can totally attest to that. Um, my store carries Linda's products or candles and shower steamers in particular and has for years. And we just cannot keep it in stock in Q4. So I can only imagine what that's like for you with many stores like ours and your own store now. So wild time for candles for sure. Allie. Hello, my name is Allie Fitzgerald and I am the owner and maker behind Wild Clementine Co. I kind of have two sides of my shop. One is a custom pet side where I make crate covers and dog beds and things. But my main focus now is reusable dish covers. I got into baking a lot and I um, started making those and they just kind of took off and they're they're just fun and I get to have a bunch of different fabrics. And so that's one of the things I'm leaning into now. And in terms of what Q4 looks like for me, first off, I, I have a full-time day job as a fish biologist. So right off the bat, I'm already strapped for time. And then I have my own website, I have wholesale, and then I have two Etsy shops. And so I try and keep things organized, but usually Q4 is just all hands on deck, controlled chaos, Um, you know, kind of like Linda, but probably not quite as busy. It's just like, okay, as long as I can get through, like, just don't forget anything like Zoom meetings or don't forget to go to work today because today is Monday and that kind of stuff. So um, Q4, I just, I try and make the most of it try to maintain sanity and recognize that it'll be slow in January. And then I always book a vacation like first of the year to start things out right. I love that. I think it's really interesting. So it sounds like Irene, Linda, and Ali, you're all product-based businesses. So it makes sense to me that you would really be feeling the um, the busyness burn at the end of Q4. But I think it's I think I love hearing from you, Danny. Like you really know your business and your customer that like, of course, if you're a decluttering person, you're going to really start heating up at the very end of the year and the start of January when people are like resolution time and new me, new house, like all of that sort of energy. So I think I just want to underline like knowing your business really well and your ideal customer really well is so important. Um because particularly for many service-based businesses, it may not be that like Black Friday is a huge deal for you, but obviously probably January 1 is for many for many of us. So um, yeah, that's really, that's really interesting to hear. One thing I would like to hear from you all before we maybe dig into some of the business specifics, but when you're thinking about the holiday workload, so it gets very busy. You're making a lot more sales than normal. You're probably having to produce a lot more than normal. How do you manage having a life outside of your business and also like still, you know, fulfilling all the orders? And that's kind of an open-ended question, but yeah, whatever comes to mind, I'd love to hear from you. This is Irene from Rex Mesis. And the way that I manage it, because I have a full-time day job in addition to my own art and design business. And I have a, a family with two little kids. And 
the way that I try to handle all of that without feeling overwhelmed and without feeling like I'm not getting enough time with my family is that I plan things out months and a a month ahead of time. So for instance, I'm stocked up on what I need for Q4 with all the holiday markets and the wholesale orders that I'm expecting for around that time. And so I have the next several months to stretch out just packaging things, making them look nice, putting together the collateral, the marketing, graphics, whatever I need to do just here and there. That's so smart. Are you the kind of person that is just like that naturally? Like, you know, I think some of us are just more of a, I'm going to do it last minute when the pressure is on type of type of people. Um, I'm raising my hand. Like I really need the pressure to make that happen. How do you, like, is that just kind of how you've always been? Or do you have a way that you make sure that you spread things out effectively? Part of it is that I default to that by nature, but also because I've been in engineering for so long, and particularly in R&D projects, I've had to manage like half a million dollars worth of money (laughs) on projects and meet deadlines and create deliverables throughout the year to show progress so that I don't lose money either. And so I've been trained to try and very calmly think about what I need to do to prepare for all those milestones and deliverables ahead of time and make sure that I take whatever small actions there are leading up to them so that I don't feel overwhelmed so it doesn't pile up at the end of the year. So I don't feel like, oh no, I'm out of budget. (laughs) I spent all my money. Or, oh no, I didn't get a bunch of things painted that I was going to (laughs) sell sort of thing. Yeah. I love that approach to just like know exactly what you're going to need early. And then like you say, just divide it up over time and try to front load it as much as you can. And I guess another thing that I forgot to mention too, is that I'm a visual learner. So I have a very core memory if people just tell me stuff or if I see it in an email or something, but I don't actually write it down. So I make lots of lists and I also add everything I can into like an Outlook reminder or a reminder in my phone calendar so that I don't lose sight of it. Because if I see it visually uh, in a grid or on a list or on the calendar, then I won't be stressed out about it and I won't forget about it either. Love that. Hi, um, this is Allie from Wild Clementine Co. Um, Irene like pretty much covered a lot of the things I do. I think she's much more organized than I am. To me, in my head, it's like, well, I own a business so I can work on what I want, when I want. And admittedly, maybe not the best tactic, but um, all that to say, I've been caught flat-footed quite a few times, probably because I haven't been as linear and planned things out the way I should. But um, this year, stepping into things, knowing past trends from previous years, which is really helpful data to have, and knowing how busy I can potentially be during Q4, I try and order all of my supplies way in advance, especially with COVID when we had all the shortages last year. That was like really stressful. So, um, I try and order as much as I can in like June and July. And it is kind of a guessing game because you never know how much you're going to sell. And like, what if you get featured in some amazing gift guide and 
you know, your sales go through the roof. You're like, wait, what? And so, you know, just trying to anticipate that stuff as much as I can. And then just slowly working on those things that I know are my best sellers. And then um, one thing I'm trying to do this year is to plan out like my holiday sales emails and stuff like now get my photography done for like holiday stuff done now i'm starting to think about for social media filming reels like baking cookies for christmas and i was looking up recipes for like how to make cute decorated christmas cookies and make a gift and cover it with a dish cover and so just like trying to think ahead and just like irene said visually it helps me so much because then I look at the calendar I'm like oh I have I don't know like two months until Black Friday probably probably less now actually which is terrifying so um yeah that's my strategy sometimes it works better than others but um as much as I can be prepared I think it helps because again with a day job and trying to spend time with family if you don't plan for that and you get caught flat-footed and then you're sleep deprived it's it's not a great situation and yeah an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure I believe they say so try and go with that mindset as much as I can this is Linda with Lou Lumiere um yeah you would probably assume that I'm really on top of things because you know I have retail wholesale this and that and I'm not like inventory just generally always surprises me like, Oh, we're out of this or that. So I'll say because it's already October, really. Um, even if you haven't done all the ordering like me, it's okay. Um, I have run out of very crucial items many times over the past few holidays. And I think one thing that I try to take less time to pivot towards is concentrating on what I can do because not having one thing easily paralyzes me. But being able to think about, okay, I can't, I can't make candles because I forgot to order wax again, but I can make shower steamers. Or I can um, make sure I have enough boxes. Like, what can I do? And there's always a million things to do. So I'll say, as someone who fails in this category a lot and not really planning the details, I have a lot of ideas, but um, you know, not all is lost. So hopefully that encourages someone out there because eh, things slip through the cracks. Yeah, that is such an important thing to say. Thank you for saying that. If you're listening to this, this is coming out early October, um, next week, actually, as we record this, it comes out the following week. And yes, if you are like, have not started doing anything yet, you're totally fine. Not all is lost, as Linda said. And yeah, Linda, I can, I think last year, in fact, we ran out of shower steamers at Station 7 on like December 23rd. And or, or tw- December 22nd, maybe. And she managed to get us stocked up. So thank you for saying that because this is the time of year where most of us make a lot of mistakes. Hopefully we learn from the previous year. Um, but it's you're probably not ever going to feel like you did it, quote unquote, perfectly. And that's okay. That's just like we learn every year. So 
Let's talk about like personal lives and business in Q4. So several of you have kids. Um, you have a day job, Ali. You have a day job, Irene. Partners. Many of us have families that we spend time with over the holidays. So all of these factors also come into play over the holidays when there's just so much going on, both for business for many of us and home and work and everything. So how do you manage all of that without like completely sacrificing your personal life? How do you enjoy the holidays and also enjoy being a business owner over the holidays as well? This is Irene from Rex Made This. And for me, it comes down to three key things. So one, I've got a supportive partner who's willing to watch our kids and spend time with them because uh, he just enjoys doing it when I'm out doing pop-ups or markets and, and things. The second is that my full-time day job is remote. So I do my day job and my own business from home, which means I get to eat every meal with them. We can go on walks after work. I'm not stuck in traffic like I used to be. And the third is that instead of taking long vacations together somewhere for a week at a time, I will take PTO from my day job and spend it during the week. So I might take a, a day off here and there just during the week and we'll go to the zoo or we'll go on a, a hike together or something. Or I've also got a flexible work schedule so that I can work in my hour days. And then every other week I get a day off without using my PTO. So that's really nice to give my partner a break, my husband, or to spend time with my kids or my family all together. And thankfully, my business also, since about half of my revenue is wholesale at the moment, I don't try and chase more online sales than I feel like I can handle at the moment. It would be different if I were generating enough sales that I could hire an employee and then I really would be trying to try and increase the revenue from online sales. But right now, it's at a nice manageable level where I'll just pack wholesale orders and a couple online orders, a couple weekends a month, and then that's about it. And I can just take my time, um, maybe drawing or painting something. Like Linda and I have been collaborating on candles. And so sometimes during the lunch break or during a meeting or something, when I, I need to be there, but I'm, I, no one needs, really needs me because <laughs> it's like an all-company meeting or something. Then I might just, you know, hand paint a candle vessel <laughs> Well while I listen in to whatever the business goals are for our department. <laughs> Love that. Love that. I'm Danny with Imperfectly Tidy. My husband is uh, really good at reminding me that just because things are, in my opinion, a little slower over the holidays, that doesn't mean we're going to pack more in. So I'm in the process of I'm actually working on my podcast and I wanted to launch it over the holidays. (laughs) And he reminded me that we have family stuff going on and it might be a little too much. So it's always good for me to have those, those people, the encouragers and the supporters. And he's like, yes, go get them, but also don't make yourself crazy. So you can push it off um, and give yourself a little bit more room. (laughs) So for me personally, I'm not good at slowing myself down. I'm like, oh, I have a free minute. I'm going to shove as many things into it as I can. But I have people around me who are really good at reminding me that 
even though I can do it all, I shouldn't do it all. And so um, that's sort of how I manage it is being open to people slowing me down and not, I used to just get upset about it. And now I'm like, no, they're right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think part of that is like you say, being open to having the conversation with people. I think it can be easy when you work for yourself to just make all the decisions yourself, not ask for outside advice, not involve anyone else in it. And I think especially this time of year when there's so much pressure like including other people in the process is really important and um, comforting, I guess. Like I can just think of a lot of nights like early on, like staying up till like one or two painting something by myself. And it's like, really? I don't know. I've I've had like existential moments, you know? Yeah. I, I love the reminder to involve other people in it. Even if it's just like having a conversation about what's on your plate, if it's a business friend, if it's a supportive partner, I I think that's super important. Yeah. Something I have to remember is that just because it's my own business and I'm doing it, it does affect those closest to me. Um, if I, especially during the holidays and I'm, I want to have the holidays be a nice memorable occasion and not mom completely wrecked herself every year. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep that in mind also. Hi, this is Linda with Lulu Mir. First, I'll just say, no to the parental or mom guilt. Um, I do not subscribe to any of that. So I'll just say that. Um, I, my kids, my daughter's 14, almost 15. And my son is nine. And I think they know how seasonal life is for us. I mean, it is anyways, probably for most families, but Summer means one thing, and then the holidays will just look different. Um, so what I try to do is squeeze in the little moments because for us, it is really those little moments that count. So it looks different for each person what they need. My daughter just needs time. So we're going to take a car ride. My son just wants me to play with him. So just sitting on the ground and playing with him, even though... I feel like there's probably useful things I could be doing. Those little moments actually go a long way. My husband, he'd be happy if we took the dog for a walk after dinner, like Irene said. And for me, I just want to not cook. So someone take me out for some sushi. Um, I will probably say no to a lot of things because that's just the only way I can stay sane. Um, But try to be, I try just to be a little bit more intentional with, the extra fun things make them count. They need to um, feed a relationship or fuel me or refill me. So I think just I'm a little bit more picky and a little less spontaneous in a way. But yeah, just trying to still those little moments is the best thing that I can do for me. It's the only way I can get through the next three months. So I love the, I say no to mom guilt, just mantra. Can we make shirts? (laughs) I think I'd love to hear specifically from Irene and Allie, if you have anything else to say on this challenge of balancing a business and a day job, Um, maybe like yes in Q4, but maybe just even in general, I bet there's a lot of people listening who have day jobs and are, you know, at various stages in their business. and 
I know this is a pain point that is, affects a lot of people is between the point where you start your business and you take it full time, if that's even your plan, which I know that Irene, it isn't. So yeah, how do you approach doing multiple things like that in Q4, but even in general? Um, I'll take this one first. This is Allie from Wild Clementine Co. And uh, full disclosure, it's hard. It is really hard. And so for anyone who's listening, who like thinks, oh, they have their stuff together, like they're running all that, like fully functional, like no mental breakdowns, not always true. Um, so I just like, I, I don't want people to think that like, it's a cakewalk. And if anyone says it is like, that might not be real scenario for everyone else. So for me, um, I guess trying to balance it now, I'm able to work from home three days a week instead of, or instead of being in the office five. So that helps a lot. Just like Irene said, I don't have a commute anymore. And like, if I'm stuck on, a meeting that's seven hours long on Zoom, you know, I can work on something with my hands and still be able to, you know, participate in the meeting. Um, I'm, I'm learning to try and get things off of my plate. Um, It's kind of a tricky balance. I'm at the point where I would like to scale, but then it's kind of chicken or the egg. You have to have enough cash flow to hire someone. But in order to make more sales, I don't have enough hours in the day to make everything. And so I'm dipping my toe into like trying to hire a virtual assistant just for like little things, nothing crazy, like literally an hour a week. Um, I'm also, there are a couple retired gals in town who, are helping me so like the first step of one of my products and you know it's a couple hundred bucks here or there so trying to test out what I can outsource because right now I I'm too nervous to quit my day job and give up the security of benefits and annual leave and things like that um so trying to be more strategic with recognizing what I can and should do and what I don't necessarily need to do. I'm also trying to um, uh, narrow down like the products I sell. I make a ton of different things. I just get bored and I like making things. It's like, okay, you know, that's great, but that takes a lot more time and resources. And so trying to be more intentional about that, both in Q4 and then just all across the board. I don't know. I think that's everything I have for now, but I might jump in and add something later. Irene from Rex Mavis. And Lauren's right. So my long-term goal, this isn't a secret, but it's not well known, is that I don't want to run my art and design business full-time because I love doing engineering work. And it's what I went to college and grad school for. And at the same time, I love doing art and design work. So my long-term goal is actually to just keep this steadily growing on the side until I generate enough revenue that I can lease out a brick and mortar, I can hire an employee, then I can offload the businessy things and still do the creative stuff that I love to do that I love most. And just pop in every once in a while and doodle on people's packages before they ship out. (laughs) 
because the way that I have it set up now and the way that I think I would want to continue with my business is I only launch a new product with a completely new design and artwork about once a quarter. I also only set up an, a new art show once a quarter. And I don't take on any mural jobs that will compete with any of that. So if it's just not the right timing, I say no. And that way too, my job is mostly the fun part, the, the artwork, creating artwork, designing things. And I work with small batch manufacturers to actually produce my goods. And that allows me to free up time so that I can spend it with my family, so that I don't have to try and work two full-time jobs. Uh, I don't have to do photo shoots more than once a quarter. I can focus completely eight hours a day or nine hours a day on my day job and then just kind of switch gears and work a couple hours each week on my side business. That's such an important reminder to just have an idea in your head of what you actually want. Like what growth is in our businesses, what a successful business is, is going to be different for everyone. Some people's successful business means like quitting the day job and doing that full time and having that like support them full time. And I love that you just know that that's not, that's not what even what you're building towards. So I, I'm glad that you said that. You talked a little bit about priorities. So um, for example, if a mural job comes up, that it's not the right time and it doesn't really earn a spot within what's already on your plate, you say no. How do priorities and boundaries come into play? This is to all of you. Um, when it comes to figuring out what to do and what not to do in the time of year where there's we could be doing unlimited things and keeping ourselves awake 24 hours a day. So how do we make those decisions about what gets to happen and what doesn't? This is Danny with Imperfectly Tidy. What I do is I try to be really realistic. And so I look at not just my calendar, but I look at my kids' calendar and all the stuff that they have going on. Like my daughter's in band. And so the holidays is like, it's crazy town with the band. And it's amazing because they've been working for this, you know, whole term on this music and then they're performing it and they perform it, you know, a few different times. And so I know that I'm going to be required not to just show up to the performance, but also make sure she has her things and she's ready and she's fed and all the things. And so I try to give myself a lot of buffer during the holidays because it's a lot of, um, it's a lot more mental stuff to try to remember on top of um, just your regular day to day. So that's kind of what I do is um, like, I, I've already looked ahead at what November and December is going to look like for them because I know what it's going to look like for me. And so I already have the dates that I can say yes to sessions. And if they can schedule on those dates, that'll be great. But if they can't, then they can't. And I'm just going to have to really stick to my guns, which is going to be hard, but it's just, you know, setting boundaries isn't always easy. And so that's part of it. I'll jump in real quick. This is Allie Fitzgerald from Wild Clementine Co. For me, I had mentioned earlier that I have just kind of regular stuff, but I also have a custom side of my shop. And I know a lot of um, small businesses might have a custom component. And for me, like when Q4 starts ramping up, I kind of put a banner on my website saying custom orders will be cut off well before Christmas. Regular items you can order up till December 10th or something. But 
if I start getting slammed and I'm stressing out and I'm staying up late trying to get orders out, I take all those custom listings off. I just deactivate them. They'll be deactivated for two and a half months. And I finally got to the point where I'm okay with that. I used to stress out and be like, ah, you know, what if this person wants this custom leash? Now I'm just like, sorry, like, I know you want your leash, but you didn't order early enough. It can wait. And so again, it's about setting boundaries and just like, sure, you could squeeze in one more order, but is it worth the expense of losing your sanity? So sometimes a tough lesson to learn, but um, yeah, we all get there in the end, I think. Linda with Lulumier. Totally agree, Allie. I think not everything makes sense for all seasons. And so same as you, I I like working with people on custom scents for candles, but that's just not a Q4 thing. That's definitely a Q2. Come talk to me then. Um, and um, yeah, I think just in the beginning, I said yes to everything and I get that. Sometimes we have to do that. But as your business grows, I think you do know, you learn the hard way. <laughs> Um, some things just don't make sense for that time. Yeah. So I completely agree with what you said. I just pick also, I would say work-wise, I will pick one or two nights in a week at the most. And those are just going to be my late days. Not going to see my family that day. I'm just going to be efficient. I have a list of things I'm going to knock out. I'm going to do as much as I can and make that night away from my family make it count. So I think just being smart with what works for you is great. This is Irene from Rex Made This. I will say that one of my priorities uh, or one way I manage priorities in my business is that I strategically made the decision to seek out wholesale stockists, wholesale customers, rather than relying solely on direct-to-consumer online sales. Because the effort it takes to pack up one order of like a hundred items is so much less than packing up a hundred or even 80 or 50 individual orders. So I appreciate the flexibility and the time that I get back to spend with my family or on things that I enjoy or spend time with my friends that selling wholesale affords. Yeah, that's such a good point that I've heard a few of you make in different ways is kind of like, you make the rules for your business. Like if you don't do custom or you don't do private label this time of year, that's your choice. And I think thinking through what are the things you can do that are going to give you the most bang for your buck in terms of time in a time of year when you have limited time already is really smart. And I'm with you. Like for good Sheila, I pretty much exclusively focus on wholesale these days because I just like, especially with greeting cards, it's like the effort to ship one greeting card is a lot. Um, and I appreciate every order, but it's in terms of like where I'm putting my marketing focus, it's definitely on the wholesale side. But again, that's something that is different, like depending on the kind of business you have. I'm looking at Ali, who like every item you make takes a lot more time than me getting a card printed. So the overall takeaway I am taking from all of your answers is just like the reminder that you don't have to run your business in any specific way. You can and should build it around like the life you want to have, the schedule you want to have, what works for you, what you have the highest margins on. Like there's no 
one way to do it. And I think that's something I just took me a really long time to figure out. So I love hearing that from all of you. This has come up a little bit already, but I love to hear about some mistakes we've made in Q4. We always learn from our mistakes, but I would love for our audience here to be able to learn from some of the mistakes that we've made in Q4. And I think just to kick us off, I'll kind of give some examples personally of things that are just coming to mind um, just to get your wheels turning. I always run out of packaging. Like I always run out of craft bags for the store, Um, jewelry boxes. We often run low on, you know, I've run out of other things in the past. And then I, I learned my lesson, the packaging, I seem to always just forget about. So I would, I would encourage you listener to think about what kind of packaging you're going to need for gift show. Like if you're doing markets or if you're shipping a lot of stuff, like that's not the kind of thing you want to end up having to pay like to overnight <laughs> to yourself. Um, or like, you know, not have your first choice provider because it's not in stock or it ships really slowly or whatever. So that would be my big mistake that I offer anyone listening is to think about the packaging things that um, not only do we go through a lot of inventory in the holidays, we also go through a lot of packaging. So there's mine. This is Allie from Wild Clementine Co. I will second the packaging issue because every year I think I have enough and I order extra and even if you order it, like sometimes it takes a lot longer to ship and like maybe the supplier doesn't tell you it's back ordered and you order it in enough time, but somehow it still takes eight weeks. So another cautionary tale with the packaging. Um, one of the things, and I think I kind of touched on it before, it's like, and it, it's hard to prepare for, but it can happen. It's really amazing when when it does. If you like get featured like one time Etsy featured my reusable hand warmers. And then like overnight, my sales went through the roof. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was managing things fine. And while you love a slug of orders, like it's not something you can predict. So I don't really have a great solution, but like if your reel goes viral, like, and all of a sudden, you know, you're caught flat footed, like, maybe don't necessarily like have enough inventory to cover that what if scenario if you can't swing it but like have a contingency plan like mom sister everybody like all hands on deck for two days three days a week whatever to just like help you just like maybe think about those scenarios in your mind just so you kind of have an action plan I guess it's just you never know but you don't want to like get something like that and then not sleep for two weeks because you don't have the capacity. So just an added random thing that occasionally happens, but it's really cool. Just try and keep it in the back of your mind as a what if. Yeah. Love that. That's really smart to, yeah, not necessarily have like 10,000 hand warmers on stock, but to have a plan for if what's, if this were to go way beyond my wildest expectations, like then what do I do? So it's really smart. Irene from Rex Mazes. I definitely made mistakes. Last year was my first holiday season where I had actually been producing my own goods. And one of the things that I did wrong is that I really underestimated the power of email marketing. I thought, oh, whatever, the people who like my stuff will just find me on Instagram and go to my website. That's too many steps. And email marketing makes it so much easier 
to convert fans of your brand into shoppers. And I, I did, I don't know. I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> I did not know what to put in my emails. I did not know how many to send. I did not know if I should just default to a sale or if there should be more context, if I should share more about myself or my brand or the product. It really was mostly just, here's a Black Friday weekend sale and wish just hope for the best. And I will say that I did get a bump in sales last year, regardless of my poor email marketing strategy. But I mostly made sales last December from the one pop-up that I had. And that wasn't even a big holiday market or anything. It was just at my local coffee shop. And that's where I realized too, I'm not making it easy for people to even follow me or get added to my email list to to know what's going on in the future of my business. And so this year I asked for more advice. And one person even said that she recommended printing out my Instagram QR code. I didn't know that existed, but I definitely will have a copy of that available for my holiday market, which I also applied for this year. Instead of just doing it and getting invited randomly to do something. <laughs> That's so smart though. Like you looked at last year and you're like, okay, a ton of sales came from an in-person market. Next year, I'm going to apply for a lot of in-person markets. That's all about like doing what's already working. So that, that is a good mistake to learn from. But yeah, I think this time of year, if you're listening and you have not done a market before and you sell handmade goods that people buy over the holidays... I think you might be pretty blown away by but it is like a very different experience to sell at markets this time of year if you have a giftable product than a lot of the rest of the year. So definitely something to think about. This is Linda with Lulu Mir. Yeah, I would say for sure, um, especially for product businesses, our sales go up. We have a lot more online orders. So basically the little mistakes that we might make sometimes really show just because the quantities are so much bigger. And so, I mean, we found out like these systems that were really cute and worked when there was just like one online order in a day doesn't work. Like we would um, have the boxes lined up and then I'd print all the shipping labels, but we didn't put anything on the outside of the boxes. And so on many occasions, people's orders got mixed up. So we had like, what's the system guys? So now we write the order number on the corner of the box and then we can match it up with the shipping label. These are things that don't normally show in the regular course of the year, but it really shows when you 10X your quantities. Um, Another thing is to sometimes... Oh no, sometimes I spend money ridiculously and then other times I'm really stingy unnecessarily. So I would always like a UPS pickup costs like, you know, $8 for them to come and pick up the package. Our UPS guy is pretty nice and he'll just swing by because we always, you know, we're really nice to him. I, maybe I put candles in his pocket, but he doesn't work every single day. And then on those days, I'm having to go and find the UPS store, stand in the long line and deliver people's holiday packages because I would not pony up the $20 a week that it costs to be on the route 
my $20 a week, I can just go. No, I made that mistake last year. Not going to make that mistake this year. Um, So kind of like my million notes on my phone. I have one for every event that I do. What went well? What could be better? What should we continue doing? And I'm doing that for the holidays too. What what are we continuing to do? What are we going to not do again? What should we do more of? So it's a very iterative process, but we've definitely made our share of mistakes. Besides me not having wax for candles in November every year. Amazing. I'm curious about Black Friday slash Small Business Weekend and what, if anything, you are all doing for that, or if you haven't decided exactly yet how you're kind of thinking about approaching that for your business. Allie Fitzgerald here from Wild Clementine Co. I'm going to jump in first and say I have started bucking the trend of doing big Black Friday sales. Um, I used to be all in on it and be like, oh, I'm selling all this stuff super cheap, buy it. And in the past couple years, I've just gotten a little frustrated with it because like Amazon and just, you know, like the big box stores and just it, it's just kind of gotten under my skin a little bit in a weird way that I'm clearly not articulating well, but I, I don't think I even did a Black Friday sale. Yes, I know I didn't do it on Black Friday. I might have done like a little bit on Small Business Saturday, but it wasn't like an all weekend through the next Monday thing. Like, it's just too much. And I think it discredits the work of small businesses. A lot of us are like handmade and we put so much time, effort, money, sweat and tears into our work. And then to be like, oh, it's 25% off this arbitrary weekend. I, I don't know. So I'm pushing back on that a little bit. And while I haven't finalized plans for this year, I'm almost thinking instead of doing like a small business Saturday sale, and they they might do it like as a giving Sunday, I'm not totally up with all the different days. But instead of doing a discount for the person buying, donate that portion. Maybe they do do that for um, giving Sunday, but just like make it less about, oh, let's all buy everything when it's on sale because that's the best time to get it. But people will feel like they're doing their part as well because they're buying from small business and their money is going to a good cause. So that's just kind of the way I'm leaning this year. I don't totally know. I might still do a sale, but I do just want to say, I don't think people should feel obligated to do a sale just because everybody does a sale and I'm doing air quotes here. Um, Just want (laughs) to get that in there and then I'll step off my high horse. No, I appreciate that. Um, It can be really easy to feel like it's a requirement because most people are doing it. But yeah, like anything, it's, it's totally up to you. And I completely understand the motivation especially with products like yours that like each, each individual thing you make is so labor intensive and, and like the margins are a little harder than if you're just getting something produced the way that I do. I'd love to hear others. I, I'm going to speak up a little bit in defense of doing a black Friday promotion slash small business weekend promotion. 
I think promotion is not the same thing as sale. So one thing you could consider is like you get a little something extra if you make an order above this amount or um, or you only get the discount if you buy X or more so that like there's some of that like returns to scale. Um, But I think like my I'll get on my high horse and then I'll um, now that you've stepped off yours, I'll get on mine, but I'll pass it. The high horse couldn't be passed around for this question. But I think so many people, like you say, are doing so much shopping at like the big box stores that like I'd like to see them buying it from all of you. And I think like, unfortunately, people are only spending money that weekend if they're getting like they're much more likely to spend if there's some reason. So um, if there's a way that it makes sense for your small business to do something that weekend that just like adds a little bit of extra excitement, I would vote yes if it makes sense with your margins. But like it's not required, obviously. And I love, Allie, that you just make your own decisions based on what feels right for you because that's how everyone should run their businesses. This is Allie from Wild Clementine Co. You actually make some very good points I didn't even think of. I was thinking in the mindset of it has to be a sale, but it does not have to be a sale. So that is a very good point. I'm going to take that idea. (laughs) (laughs) I've converted her. (laughs) Irene, Linda, Danny, what about you three? Yeah, this is Irene from Rick Made This. Lauren, I know you suggested recently that, and not just in this discussion, but before this too, that yeah, promotions don't always have to be sales. So that got me thinking, huh, I've been wanting to release bundles of reusable gift wrap anyway. Technically, my tea towels are strategically designed big so that you can't use them as reusable gift wrap, but I have a bunch that are particularly well-suited. Uh, since I was going to sell them as second tea towels, but it makes more sense to sell them as gift wrap bundles since we're heading into the holidays anyway. And with all of my second sale items, I donate the profits from those two organizations I care about that are making meaningful change. And so I think maybe if I launch this product before Black Friday, but I include it as a promotional add-on for anyone who orders that weekend, then it can incentivize them to shop during that weekend. And then I can go back to just donating all the profits. There'll be extra buzz around them because of sales from that weekend. I'm still trying to think about if I want to do that in conjunction with maybe a small discount or if maybe that is enough. But yeah, I love the idea of thinking about different options for promotion on a product-based business. Especially since, as Alex pointed out, yeah, it does feel a little cruddy sometimes to discount your stuff that you worked so hard on. (laughs) Yeah. And Ali, I think both of you mentioning um, donations as a possible alternative to discounts, I think that's really smart. And the type of people who are going to be choosing to buy from a small business on Black Friday are going to be the type of people who find that as like a very good reason to support you. So um, I think that's, Really smart. Really smart. This is Linda with Lulu Mirror. I don't typically do Black Friday sales only because I, I do have some feelings about it too. However, I do love Small Business Saturday. And I think um, for each of us, that might be a great way to 
Um, I love Lauren's idea and I have done that in the past. Like buy something, get something, things that make you feel good. I like those kind of things. But another fun thing could just be a release of something new because these are the reasons why people want to support small business. So something that's actually just exciting versus like you won't remember that you got 20% off, but you might look forward to a specific style or print or stunt that um, you already like their things. And that's something to actually, um, that's motivating. I think even more than just a discount, um, having a positive feeling towards something, um, excitement, anticipation. So I think I'm going to probably do something like that this year. So that's kind of my thought. Amazing. Okay. So Danny, we've been talking quite a bit about product-based businesses who have their like really busy time in Q4 with Black Friday and the December holidays. You mentioned that Q4 is not necessarily the busiest time of year for you. So I have, I would love for you to address anyone listening who is in a similar position where Q4 you know, Q4 is Q4 in that like a lot's going on in life, but maybe business is a little slower. So for folks like you who might be ramping up for their busy season a little bit later, what kinds of things are you doing and thinking about right now to kind of set yourself up for um, the best possible busy season that you will have, which is later? Yes. So I'm Danny with Imperfectly Tidy. And what I'm doing during um, Q4 is I'm focusing a lot on getting my processes and my systems in order. At the end of quarter one, leading into quarter two, things are going to really start amping up. And I'm not going to be able to be as on top of my emails and sending out my invoices and following up on proposals. And so I want to take this time to make sure all of those systems are as flawless as they can be. I mean, we're going to run into hiccups. I want to make sure that I'm keeping the momentum going. And so I do a lot of networking and the holiday time gives you a lot of opportunities for networking. So while those people aren't going to call you, you know, the next week and hire you, they are going to give you a call towards the end of January. So all the people you're meeting like in October and November, those are going to be your clients come February and March. And so you have to start laying that groundwork now so that you do have a busy Q1 and Q2. You're just always working like three or four months ahead of time because that's about how long it takes as a service provider for people to start feeling comfortable with you and that trust factor. And especially someone like me who's like physically coming into their home and going through their stuff. It's not a quick process a lot of the time. So... It's just, it's always just laying that groundwork. And that's what this next season is going to be. It's going to be a lot of meeting new people and just putting myself out there. I love that. For anyone listening who is like networking, like how do you figure out where to network or who to network with or what is networking? How obviously it's the the types of events that you go to are not going to be the same as every single service provider, but how do you approach figuring out what kinds of events are going to be worthwhile for you? I love networking because I love meeting new people and talking with people. My daughters always give me a hard time because they don't like to go to the store with me because I'll talk to anybody and I'll talk to them forever. I'm a part of a lot of women's groups and I really enjoy those because while we're networking, 
they're not necessarily going to be my client, but because we spend so much time together and we become friends, it's really easy for them to then refer me to their friends and to their clients and vice versa. So I spend a lot of time with a lot of women. So I do a lot of women's groups. I also am a part of um, a couple of our local chambers. And I also, I'll just put myself out there and I'll volunteer and I meet people that way. You want to network in a way that's really natural and relationship-based and not just um, trying to like, you know, schmooze and pass out cards. So looking for networking opportunities where you can really connect with people and learn from each other. There's a lot of opportunities out there. I love that. I feel like I should be doing more of that. I'm going to start to wrap up a little bit because as we record this, it's Friday night. So first of all, thank you so much for spending your Friday night with me and having a blast. I have two more questions that I would love to hear from everyone on. One is we've given a lot of tips, advice, shared our experiences. If you could give one tip to someone listening when it comes to finding ways to thrive in Q4 and not just get through it teeth gritted, but actually like live a good life that you're excited about. What would one tip be that you would offer? Let's go in order. Um, Irene, Danny, Linda, and then Allie. Irene from Rex needs this. I think my biggest tip would be to just know what your values, like your business values, your personal values are what your personal goals are as well outside of your business so that you don't lose sight of those. Because something that you had mentioned recently, actually, Lauren, in your Q4 planning workshop is something that I had already been thinking about in that as I looked toward the holiday markets that I was applying for, I strategically made sure that it wouldn't be all weekend, every weekend in December or from Black Friday onward, for instance. And I made sure to be strategic about leaving enough time to do all the things that I normally would spend quality time with my friends and family or to just relax um, and to have that balance of technical stuff and creative stuff that I enjoy. Like I don't want to get bogged down with all the businessy things of running my own small business, even though that will probably be my most profitable month. <laughs> I think it, it, having your priorities in mind, both personal and professional, helps you achieve your goals without feeling like you're getting yourself in way too much. This is Danny with Imperfectly Tidy. And I'm just now coming out of... Um, I have one more event tomorrow, um, but I'm coming out of a really full September full of events that um, some that I've hosted, some that I've just kind of been a part of, or maybe I sponsored something part of the event. And I used to be really guilty of, I just have to get through it. We just have to get through it and then it'll feel better. And then I won't be so stressed and then I can get back to my life. But I changed my mindset a few months ago where that this is my life. This is what I'm doing. Me being at this event, this is where I'm at right now. And I'm just really working on just being present in whatever I'm doing. And instead of just ticking things off over the last six weeks, I've just been really focused on how I, I get to go and do these things and like how great it is to be building my business instead of feeling so stressed. And it's been tiring, but it's been really exhilarating at the same time since I've just changed the way I've been thinking about it. And um it's just been really 
fun. So I just changed my mindset. Like today is my life, not the day after this event. <laughs> oh my gosh. I resonate with that so much. This is Linda with Lulamere. Thank you, Danny. That is actually such a great reminder for me too. Yeah, I think that there's um, so many options, so many opportunities, and it is a privilege. For me, keeping in mind, I'm making candles and shower steamers. I'm not saving lives. You know, a little dose of humility is good. Um, You know, because it can feel very, you know, serious at times but listen we're we're i'm i'm making stuff that's nice but you know um just keeping in mind the real picture here that helps because sometimes i feel like i will just run myself into the ground and everyone's gonna be okay so um i'll say for me it's a little two-pronged but on one hand staying in my lane sticking to my core strengths the stuff that i'm not just my core products, but what I'm good at and, and kind of writing that way. But then also I always want to add for me, what makes it fun is doing something new, a little experiential, a little experimental, something, a fresh take on what I'm already doing. It makes me so happy and it, and it, it makes the whole season a lot of fun. And so I might do that for my customers, but I'm really doing it for me too. So I, so that's probably one reason I like to add new scents or new packaging or, um, things like that. It makes me happy. So I always make sure I'm happy too, because it really shows. Such good answers already, Allie. Last, last good answer. We're waiting for it. <laughs> awesome. Um, for me, I chronically take on too many things. And so this year, my tip for myself and hopefully everyone else is giving yourself permission to say no to things. Like there were several big markets I really wanted to do. But like the night before I was crying because I was just so overwhelmed with work. And I'm like, okay, let's take a hard look. Like, do you need to do that market? Like, it'd be great. It'd be fun. But there's a lot that goes into a market. And it's like right in the middle of the busy season. And kind of like Linda, it's I love my dish covers, but do they save lives? It's it's a stretch. So just like, I can say no to things, the world's not going to end because I didn't do a market or I closed down my custom orders early. So just like giving myself permission to take a step back if I need it. Oh my gosh, what amazing answers. I am so excited about the way this episode is coming together, but especially the way it's wrapping up because I think all four of those answers are just fantastic. We have a lot of folks listening who are small business owners, but they are also people who may be buying gifts over the holidays. So as we wrap up, I would love for each of you to share just a little bit about what you sell and who it might be a good fit for over the holidays for folks who are doing some gifting and have loved and appreciated everything you've had to say. And I mean, I can just attest that the products of all of these people are fantastic. I'd love to hear from each of you. Just share a little bit more about what you sell and what's popular maybe over the holidays for gifts. And um, I'll link it all up in the show notes as well so that people listening can find you directly. This is Irene from Rec Mabus. And my biggest seller throughout the year is also my biggest seller around holiday time for good reason, because I design most of my products to be 
multi-purpose. And my tea towels in particular are nice because regardless of who you're gifting, it works great as reusable reusable gift wrap. And you can tie it Hiroshiki style, or you can just wrap, roll things and fold things up, put a silk ribbon on it or something. And it's good to go. You don't really need to be highly skilled to make it look wonderful and so special. And so a lot of people buy my tea towels as a gift for someone they know who loves to cook or as a reusable gift wrap, specifically for other gifts that they might buy, either from my store or elsewhere. And I'm also thinking that this is the first year that I've sold candles. Thanks to Linda. And (laughs) they've been particularly popular at pop-ups because people keep buying them as gifts for other people or people have a connection to the artwork and they buy it to treat themselves. And so I think candles will be something that a lot of people will gravitate to within my store because it it goes with the same theme of everything else in my store that everything is designed with artwork that I painted or drew from happy memories. So things like uh, art prints, or I, I sell these really cozy cotton knit blankets that are knitted from my illustrations as well. And I think those would be a fantastic gift. can send something cozy and then like a nice greeting card from my shop alongside it. Uh, maybe <laughs> so there's something special or tasty in a tea towel or something. Those, those are my recommendations. <laughs> Yes. And we just started carrying Irene's products at, at my store. And I think we already need to reorder. Same with Allie. We now carry Allie's bowl covers and we already need to reorder those. Well, we've needed to reorder those for a while too. So um, I can I can attest to all three of these product-based businesses um, products being very good holiday gifts because I'm seeing them go quickly at our store. So Danny, I only wish I could sell decluttering services. <laughs> Station seven. Um, yes. So Danny with Imperfectly Tidy. I don't recommend people buying gift certificates for decluttering for their loved ones because that doesn't always go over very well. Um, you need to want that for yourself. But I do sell, um, you can buy Clutter Clinic gift certificates, like essentially you can like pre-purchase a ticket for somebody. Um, I do my clutter clinics three to four times a year. And um, they're just a fun thing to like bring a friend to because they're really interactive and they're just fun and there's snacks and it's a whole experience. And so um, that's actually kind of a fun gift to give somebody or to buy for your friend if they're him and hawing. So that's um, something that I do offer. Amazing. And if you're listening and you want to gift yourself some decluttering for the holidays, I mean, I'm raising my hand. We're going to hire you to come up here to Seattle and do a whole round of houses. <laughs> this is Linda with Lumiere. I would definitely recommend shower steamers for the holidays, especially for someone who is kind of stressed or could take a beat. When I made them, the whole idea is just. Like we're already taking showers anyways. You don't need to do anything special. We're just work with what you have and then pop one in for some deep breaths. I think it really encapsulates like how I view things in the world and 
you know, just really just making use and making do with what you're given and then just taking a deep breath in there. My name is Allie Fitzgerald with Wild Clementine Co. And my product that I think would be the best gift either for yourself or someone else are my reusable dish covers. Um, If you're into bread baking, they're perfect for proofing bread dough. But um, for the holidays, they're really great. Kind of like the re, uh, the tea towels that Irene does. They're a gift in themselves and they can be used to wrap something else. And so you can make a plate of Christmas cookies and cover them with a dish cover and put them on a nice plate and gift the whole thing. And they don't need to return the plate. That's part of the gift. And they can reuse um that and like give a gift to someone else and wrap it or they can keep the dish covers for themselves um i think they're they they just make good gifts they've been in a lot of gift boxes and i mean who doesn't like a plate of cookies um so it's just kind of my easy go-to thing everyone around me gets plates of some sort of snack with a dish cover um so yeah that's what i recommend Yay. Okay. I'm going to link all of this in the show notes for this episode. Irene, Danny, Linda, Ali, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. You know, one of my favorite things about the small business community is how generous people are with their knowledge and experience. And all of you just really embody that. So thank you for sharing what you've learned and what you know with the listeners. I've I've picked up a bunch of great things in this episode. I know people listening well too. So super grateful. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Whenever I have the chance to chat with small business owners, I always come away feeling so grateful and impressed. I learned so much from this conversation with Irene, Danny, Linda, and Allie, and I hope that you did too. There's so much good in this episode, and it will all be linked up in the show notes, which you can find at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 138. And I highly, highly recommend that you check out these businesses for your holiday gifting needs. I know that all five of us would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at Lauren Tilden, Irene at Rex Made This, Danny at Imperfectly Tidy, Linda at Lulu Mere Candles, and Allie at Wild Clementine Co. Be sure to stay tuned for next week where we'll have another panel discussion, this one about Q4 marketing. And here's a fun fact. All eight of the business owners on the panel, today's episode and the next part, are members of Making Good Happen. If you want to get on the wait list to possibly join next time we're open, head to makinggoodhappen.co. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to Making Good. First, I would be honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast. If you have a friend you think would enjoy the podcast, you can send them the link. This is makinggoodpodcast.com slash 138. And finally, I would love for you to take a screenshot in your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. Bonus points if you tag the other folks in this episode as well. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.